Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast, where we discuss getting strong and healthy with strength training and sustainable nutrition. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and in each episode, we examine strategies to help you achieve physical self-mastery through a healthy skepticism of the fitness industry and a commitment to consistent nutrition and training for sustainable results. Welcome to another episode of Wits and Weights. Joining me today is Paul Hanton to talk about different types of training, how to be consistent, how to get the most enjoyment from your workouts so you can reach your fitness goals. Paul is the owner of Hydra Fitness, really cool name there, a personal training company that helps career-driven men lose weight without giving up spending time with family or friends. He's also the podcast host of the Healthy Fit Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe which is focused on educating listeners on how they can improve their health through quick and easy tips to implement in their life. As a certified strength and conditioning coach, Paul has helped numerous busy men lose weight and improve their health. Paul was also diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2014, but has not let that stop him from his fitness goals or enjoying life. Paul, it's good to see you again. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed our previous conversation on my own podcast. So thanks again for inviting me. Yeah, we just we just met uh maybe I think it was last week we had a conversation uh, a lot about body composition and today yes. we're going to talk specifically about training um you're an experienced trainer a coach and there's kind of a, a cool angle we're going to take today which is having to do with um people's inspiration and motivation for training whether they enjoy it different modes of training all sorts of cool things that I want to get into with you. Uh, before we dive into those though just if you could give us a little bit of your background uh, relevant to this as a coach and trainer. What inspired you to get into fitness? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, so I've been in fitness in some capacity most of my life. So I did sports growing up uh, and then I joined the Marines. And then of course in the Marines, fitness is a really big part of, of being in the Marines and being in the military period. Uh, in, in the Marines, that's when I started working with a trainer actually and got into bodybuilding. And that's when I started to really learn more about fitness and especially nutrition and started actually having a, a training program and a nutrition plan and following that. And so I ended up over the, over the course of, of several years, I've done you know, four bodybuilding competitions. Uh, and then I've also, because I had such a good experience working with my own trainer and how much he changed my life. Uh, and I you know, was still working with him today. I wanted to give back and help others accomplish their goals. And so I started to be started training others as well, just on the side, giving, you know, free tips and tri- tricks here mm-hmm. and there. And then I started personal training as a, as a, a, a business as well later on. But it's really just about uh, help, trying to help other people accomplish their goals. Like my trainer helped me because he changed my life. Awesome. So the value of coaches and accelerating your, your learning from that point uh, sounds like the bodybuilding background. I, I could believe it. You know, you seem like an extremely fit guy, knows what you're talking about. Um, and we had that conversation the other day about the importance of strength training, not yes. only building muscle, but body composition and, and other right. things. But not everyone enjoys that mode of fitness, which right. is hard to believe. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's hard for guys like us <laughs> who probably can't get right. enough. We're like, I'd go into the gym eight days a week if I could. Right. <laughs> uh, but so why is it then? Help me understand. Why do some people just dislike or even hate their training? Yeah, and, and you brought up a really good point. When I first got into bodybuilding, I loved it. I dove. My tr- my trainer gave me a five day a week program and said, "Eat these things at this time." I said, "Great, I loved it. I still love it." And but when I became a trainer, that was my thought process. Well, 
strength training is great for you. It's really beneficial for you. Why doesn't everybody do it? Mm -hmm. And so, but as I started training more clients, I realized I had to make an adjustment in my training methodology that not everyone wants to go to the gym and strength train five days a week, right? That And I had to incorporate other methodologies of training because what I'm more focused on is long-term health. And so I've had to adjust my my mindset around training. I've been putting a lot of thought towards what to do with clients who maybe don't aren't as passionate about strength training as I am, but they still want to be active and accomplish their goals mm-hmm. or lose weight. And so that led me to this topic, which we're going to talk about is why do people hate their training and then what what to do about it? Yeah, and you touched on a point there, which ha- strikes me, it has to do with consistency and adherence, right? right. If you don't like what you're doing, if you're not going to come into the gym, uh, is is that worse than you know, not doing the optimal program, should we, should we come in and be active in some way, shape or form versus just sitting around and not doing something simply because we don't enjoy it? Um, Exactly. That's exactly it. Activity is beneficial for you. And that's, I'm not going to go into all the details of why being active is so beneficial for you. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, I think a lot of people, most people understand that conception, right. But I think there's a gap between, okay, you understand that activity is beneficial for you, but then a lot of people just don't do enough activity. And I think a large part of that is because I think, especially in the fitness industry, we talk a lot about how beneficial strength training is, which I 100% agree with. But then there's a lot of people that don't enjoy strength training, but they enjoy other things like riding a bike or, or running or swimming. And so I think we're there's a lot of people that kind of just quit after a month or two months because we push strength training so much when they don't like it, when it, when we, we really should be doing, we should talk more about is looking long-term and trying to incorporate ways that they can have some sort of activity that they enjoy sure. that, that way they can consistently do it over a long period of time. So before we get to that aspect, you, you know, you mentioned people will, will do it anyway. Maybe they think it's the right thing to do, or maybe they have a coach right. that is just kind of stubborn and saying, this is the way it is. Right. Why do people, why do people push through anyway? They slog through, they grin and bear it when it comes to the workouts that they don't enjoy. Yeah. So I think there's a, a couple of reasons for that. One, I think that, uh, and especially with social media or maybe our culture, we kind of push suffering and sacrifice. I see those words tossed around a lot. You got to make sacrifices. You got to, you know, suffer through this or, you know, you got to just pain, no gain, right? Exactly. No pain, no gain, slog through it. Just get it done. You know, like all these other, you know, words and mantras, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that people take a look at that and they think, okay, well, that's what I need to do, right? I need to give blood, sweat and tears in order to accomplish my goals. But the, the problem is that, if you're not passionate about or you don't enjoy what you're doing, then you're not going to do it for a long period of time. And the other aspect is I think we – so I'll read a quote from Muhammad Ali that I thought was very, very relevant to this discussion. And so it's a very famous quote. You've probably heard it before. But he said, I hated every minute of training. But I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion, right? And so I think people people look at that or professional athletes and say, okay, well – Muhammad Ali says I have to suffer through and I hated every minute of training, right? But in in reality, Muhammad Ali is a professional, was a professional athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Best of the best, a champion. Uh, but what people also need to understand is that Muhammad Ali loved boxing, right? He was very passionate about it. And so, yes, he may have hated some aspects of training and suffered through it. 
but he's also very passionate about what he was doing and he enjoyed it. And I think that's the disconnect a lot of people have is that they look at, you know, professional athletes or people who take things to the extreme and think, okay, well, no, they're suffering through that. So I have to suffer as well. But they're also missing the aspect of, well, they enjoy it, right? Just like I enjoy strength training. So I, I have no problem with going to the gym and you know, going through a workout. Do I enjoy it every single day? No, but I enjoy it overall most of the time. So what about that initial that initial hesitance when you're not familiar with the mode of training yet, right? Uh, it could be strength training. It could be anything really where uh, there's a hump you have to get over. There's like that initial motivation or maybe maybe even willpower that initially, right? And it helps to have a coach. How soon do you make the determination that you truly don't enjoy something? When you, t- when you talk to a client, they say, I'm not really into this, and it's their first session or second session. How do you approach that, knowing that maybe they, are, they will enjoy it once they build some momentum? Yeah, that's, a, that's a good, another great question, right? And so if, if I have a client who might not be enjoying going to the gym or strength training, right? We'll say doing a, like working out, like doing a push workout or pull workout. Uh, one of the things I want to know is why. Is it because they feel uncomfortable going to the gym? Is it because they don't feel uncomfortable doing the movements? Is it because they truly just don't enjoy strength training? Uh, that's one of the things that I try to dig into. And I would encourage anyone listening who is also having those same thoughts is to ask yourself really why. Why why don't you enjoy strength training or why don't you enjoy going to the gym? And, and sometimes it's just a familiarity thing, right? They just need a little more time to get familiar with the workouts. Other times it's because they just really just don't enjoy it, have zero motivation to lift weights, and that's okay. Okay, so there's obviously multiple possibilities you have to attack. You ask the question why. That's a great question as a coach, right? Is understanding the the root cause. Yep. So, you know, from one angle, I, I I see is an educational angle, right? Right. You want to educate your clients on the importance of activity specific types of activity and activity in general. So how do you do that? How do you raise awareness, which then may reduce the friction of why they think it's not enjoyable? How do you raise awareness of why we need to move and train? Yeah. So one of the things I do, it it depends on the the client. So I think that a good trainer is going to treat each client individually. And that's not a mistake I made when I first started training is I treated each client as the same, right? I said, okay, you're going to go, you're going to the gym five days a week or three days a week or four days a week, right? And you're going to, here's a nutrition plan. Uh, but then over time, I started to realize that I had to treat each client individually, take into account their previous training history, what they like to do, what their goals are. And so to your question, one of the things that I do is I, I make sure to understand their previous training history, right? So I, like I had a client who had a really bad experience working with an in-person trainer, right? Which, which happens, uh, you know, some, occasionally. Uh, but her issue wasn't that she didn't like strength training. She just had a really poor experience working with an in-person Got trainer. It. And so I had to kind of coach her through, well, okay, you know, I, I'm here. Have any questions, any concerns? Uh, and we kind of walked through a, a program with her to, to help her understand the movements a little better and get her more comfortable. And the other thing I had to realize is I can't just throw someone off in the deep end and say, okay, you're going to go squat, bench, deadlift, and there you go. And so I make sure to incorporate movements that they can accomplish and they can actually do. And that that builds momentum over time and builds confidence. And so they feel more confident going to the gym, doing the movements. And ideally, they'll enjoy it, uh, which is the end goal. And they'll want to do it consistently for a long period of time. But it's about starting where someone's at and then kind of building on from there to build momentum with what they're doing. 
I love that idea, Paul, because I people will hear me on, on the podcast talk a lot about the importance of compound lifts and barbell right. work and squats. Right. And, you know, yeah, if, if in a perfect world, I could just drop you in and yes. you go to town, great. But you might be 72-year-old female with not right. a lot of strength. Maybe right. you can't even squat, you know, not even down to quarter depth. Right. Well, where do we start? That's that's where we have right. lighter implements and exactly. leg presses and boxes and things. Exactly. So that. That's a great idea. So for this um, this initial assessment, how does that how does that look for you in your particular coaching business with your clients? Is this uh, a form they fill out? Do you come in and assess their mobility? How does that work? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I, I have a form that to fill out when they first start, before they start working with me, and before I start even uh, creating their training program. Uh, but like like most like most trainers out there, I'm a, again, I'm a big proponent of strength training, and I want to emphasize that I think strength training is fantastic mm-hmm. for multiple reasons and there's multiple research that backs up how, how important strength training is not just from a weight loss perspective just from you know healthy overall mm-hmm. life perspective uh however one thing i i try to do is to make sure that i incorporate activities that i know that they can do one and then that they're actually going to enjoy and so in the form that they fill out they do list out if for example if they enjoy working out certain body parts or if they have a body part that they want to improve or work on, or if there's some sort of activity that they're already doing that they enjoy. And so I take all this into account and build a program around what they're currently doing, what, what I know they can, they can accomplish. Um, so for example, I have a client who started working with me and he loves, uh, he loves cycling, right? I hate cycling, but <clears throat> he loves it. Right. So I, I, incorporate cycling into his training program because I know he enjoys it. And so he does a hybrid approach of cycling and strength training. And he's been able to consistently do that. He's been with me for, I don't know, six or seven months now. Um, but he really, is, he really enjoys that hybrid approach because he can do cycling, which he loves, mm. and also do a little bit of strength training to help out with his cycling. So it works out pretty well, but it really just comes down to understanding the needs, the goals, and then creating a program around those goals and needs but also making sure it's something they can start and accomplish. Uh, because again, if you throw someone off in the deep end, you know, they're yep. just going to sink or quit immediately. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you have an excellent process to set people up for success, success from the beginning, yes. understanding them as individuals, as opposed to here's right. a template cookie right, cutter. Right. No, templates then, are terrible. Y- terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The, absolutely. Um, and, and so what, you get them going. What if then after a while they're, then they're still not enjoying their training. And so they don't show up on Wednesday and they're not being consistent. It's no longer fun for them. What, what do you do then? Yeah, that's, that's when a good trainer should start digging into why. Uh, and what you don't want to do is jump to, con- jump to uh, conclusions or, mm-hmm. or make assumptions for what's going on. Cause there could be outside factors that you're not even aware of, right? They could be going through, a tough time at work. They could be really mm-hmm. busy with kids, with life. There are a lot of different factors you have to take into consideration, but it's always just starting a conversation. And again, you don't want to jump to uh, conclusions and assume, okay, well, they're, they're just going to quit or they just can't do the workout. It could be a lot of other factors. So that's the first thing I do is to make sure that I start asking questions and, and trying to really dig into what's going on. So, so for example, if a client, uh, like they missed a full couple, maybe two workouts, right, in a week, back to back consistently. Uh, that's that's a, a yellow flag, right? Okay, something's off. Something something went wrong. If they've been consistent for the last two months, but now they're starting to slide. Okay, we need to have a conversation. So that's mm-hmm. when I'll just reach out and ask, hey, you know, I saw you missed a couple workouts. What's going on? How are things going with you? And again, it could be 
a wide multitude of factors, but it's always it's always just a conversation that a good trainer is going to have with that client to better understand what's going on in their life that would that would force some sort of change in sort of in, in their behavior. Now, are you monitoring real time, not real time, like with a wearable, but are you monitoring things like biofeedback with these clients as you go along to get ahead of that? Yeah, so they they have the option of of uh, connecting their Apple Watch or Fitbit or whatever mm-hmm. wearable they have with the training app, so I can see those stats. Um, but I can also I can also track uh, how their workouts are going in real time. So they'll put in there how much weight they're using. So for example, I have a client who I need consistently. I tell him to lift lift heavier, right? Add more weight, add more weight, add more weight. But I can see that in real time how they're doing. So I give them feedback after every workout. Uh, so I can see if they miss a workout instantly, then I can reach out instantly to find out what went wrong or why they missed workout. And again, sometimes it's just life. They got busy, mm-hmm. uh, but you don't want that to turn into a snowball effect. Suddenly they're missing, you know, a week's worth of workouts or a month's worth of workouts, right? Yeah, absolutely not. I'm, and that's where a coach comes in, right? To exactly. give you that extrinsic nudge for right. consistency. You mentioned some. You actually, I like the the thing you said about progress, basically progressive overload, ensuring that the client right. is actually adding weight over time as one of the metrics, as opposed to just showing up. I think that's really important right. that you do that. So, so yes. that's cool for people listening. You know, that's one of the keys to actually building muscle and strength. Right, is increasing the load over time. Yeah, I want to. I'll touch. I'm going to touch on that really yeah, quickly sure. because when it comes to progressive overload, uh, we talk a lot about strength training. But there's also ways to progressively overload for any sort of activity, right? Good point. So if someone wants to go cycle, do cycling, well, there's ways to progressively overload in cycling as well by increasing the amount of time, trying to go faster. Um, if it's the same thing with running or walking, you can increase the, the, the amount of the distance you run or walk. And so when you talk about progressive overload, you, you have to make sure, and again, I don't think anyone should you know, pour their blood, sweat, and tears into every sort of workout and activity, but you do want to make it challenging mm-hmm. and hard because uh, that way your body will adapt to whatever you throw at it. And so if you consistently challenge your body whenever you're doing, that's the way to go rather than just, you know, lollygagging through a workout. So I want to emphasize that, that whatever activity you do, you do want to make sure you're, you're challenging yourself appropriately. Yeah, that's a great point. And the lollygagging thing is, uh, I'll say it's a little bit uh, subjective for some people because I went yeah. through eight years of CrossFit and didn't get super strong. Um, yeah. I felt like I was working out really hard though, but right, there's yeah. these kind of <laughs> subjective definitions if right. we mean, you know, sweating and soreness and heart rate versus, you know, challenging yourself to muscular failure or to speed right. on the bike or whatever metric. Hey, this is Philip Pape, letting you know that applications are now open for one-on-one coaching. If you're a busy working professional who has tried dieting and exercising for years with little in the way of results, and you want to lose fat, get lean, or feel confident in your body without excessive dieting, cardio, or restrictions, just go to witsandweights.com slash coaching to apply. Going back to if somebody just doesn't want to lift, which yep. again boggles my mind, Paul. But if yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody just doesn't want to lift, what would be the next best type of training for them? Yeah, so we, I think we talk about when we talk about strength training, the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people is going to the gym and lifting weights, right? Like mm-hmm. barbell, dumbbell, maybe maybe even kettlebell, maybe not. But that's what that's what people think when they when they think about strength training, and so. Uh, what I like to do is offer different uh, training modalities when it comes to strength training. So, for okay. example, 
uh, I tell all my clients to invest in resistance bands. And I encourage every single listener listening to invest in resistance bands because they're really cheap on Amazon, but you can do so many different things with resistance bands. And I found a lot of clients uh, that may, they may not want to go to the gym consistently, but they'll, they love resistance bands because they can take them with them on the road. They can easily mm-hmm. transport them anywhere. They're very cheap and easy to use. And so that's one aspect I, I look at is, okay, maybe they don't want to, maybe they don't enjoy lifting weights, or maybe they just don't want to do it, you know, three days a week. Well, how else can we challenge those muscles, right? And resistance bands are a great way to do that. Um, I, I even have clients that just do bodyweight workouts because that's where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they don't, they can't really handle anything more than just body weight. And I think that's fantastic as well. Um, so when it comes to strength training, they're different uh avenues you can go with strength training so like resistance bands body weight um but you can also look at different types of strength training too you can do power lifting strongman crossfit has aspects of strength training in it as well and so it's trying to just trying to figure out okay what's a good fit for that client because they don't like just you know the, doing going the bodybuilder approach of five sets of 10 or five sets of eight and, you know per, per body part that's fine what else can we do to incorporate strength training because again i want to emphasize Strength training has many, many benefits and everybody, mm-hmm. ideal world, everybody would love to do it, but that's not, that's not reality, but you want to try to incorporate some sort of strength training in their programming if possible. Yeah. So those are great examples of many different modes of training that still involve some load. Exactly. And, exactly. and the resistance bands are great. I, I, I heard, I think it was Stronger by Science the other, a few weeks back talking about the, the ongoing debate about how much work you need to do to maintain <laughs> your strength yeah. uh, once you have it. Yeah. I know we're talking about development of strength, but even to maintain right. it, it's something like one eighth to a quarter of your typical workout. And just having bands and doing that for a while could maintain strength that you developed with barbells, right? Right. You know, yeah. Right. So that now, what if, so have you ever met somebody who just doesn't want to do any form of resistance whatsoever? Uh, I have not encountered that yet. Okay. I, all all right. my clients do some sort of resistance training, uh, whether it's, uh, body weight, resistance bands, or going to the okay. gym. And I, I think a large part of that is I, I do push it uh, mm-hmm. I know early on to, especially if they have no training experience to start, you know, body weight, resistance bands, then doing lightweight at the gym, like machines, something easy, and then kind of build on from there. Uh, but yeah, I have, I have yet to encounter anyone who doesn't sure. want to do any of those things. Like right. usually you can kind of get them to do body weight at least, um, or resistance bands, those are pretty easy cells uh, yeah. in, in lieu of going to the gym. Uh, but yeah, I've encountered anyone that just outright does not want to do any sort of body weight, resistance band, or strength training. Yeah, and the, and the fact I, that they walk through your blood doors, blood blood. Yeah. the <laughs> fact <laughs> they walk through your doors, probably they, they know they have a goal and want to get fitter and healthier yeah. and you, you know, you're an expert. So, right. If one of the first things you say is, Hey, we've got to, we've got to incorporate this. It's like your nutrition coach saying, you know, we've got to eat more protein like we just right, do it right. it's, it's what we do you know to to get healthier yeah the other um, thing i'll add is that i don't there i have clients who do all sorts of other activities and i mm-hmm, make sure mm-hmm. not to take those away i make sure, sure that if they enjoy playing soccer they still have time to play soccer if they enjoy walking with their kids that you know walking is fantastic and i make sure that they still have the ability to do that and so part of it is just incorporating things that they like and mm-hmm. interspacing that with resistance training. So that way they get a hybrid approach, but which I feel, I still think is fantastic. So Absolutely. again, like a good trainer is going to work with you on your goals. And I, I try not to take away things too much. Right. Yeah. As best I can. 
Yeah. So, so it's, it's the goals, the goals drive the right. behavior. Exactly. What if, what if a client has a goal to be a, as you mentioned, powerlifting, strongman, things like that. What about endurance training athletes, a marathon or ultra marathoner or like obstacle course race? Yeah. So I, I still think there's benefits <clears throat> to doing strength training for mm-hmm. endurance running, obstacle course, you know, whatever, whatever the running, um, so, and, and that, so like going back to my client who loves cycling, like he does, and he, he go he cycles a lot and, and goes far, way farther than I could probably go. And he's in his sixties too. He's phenomenal. Right. Um, but what I, what I try to do, I did a lot of research in terms of, okay, what are some strange training activities that are beneficial for cycling? And that way I can, I can kind of, I sold it as, Hey, you know, you're, you're doing some strength training, but it's going to be beneficial for those long endurance cycling runs or cycling um cycling races you got mm-hmm. coming up right and so there are strength training is still very important for endurance athletes or or athletes that are more focused on like cardiovascular or endurance type sports um but it's all about just understanding the types of strength training that they should be doing right so if you're a, if you're mm-hmm. a marathon runner then i would you know you don't have to go in the gym and do heavy squats, right? You probably do maybe do like lighter weights or do other sorts of activities or walking lunges. And so it's really just about understanding the goal that they have and what they want to accomplish and then devising an effective training program around that. And so speaking of goals, then I imagine you have a lot of clients that come in that want to lose weight. More yes. or lose fat. It's probably <laughs> probably maybe the number one goal, I'm gonna guess. Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And how would you prioritize the activity? If they just put their trust in your hands, they said, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen. I'm going to do what you tell me to do and, and tell me what the best thing is to do. How would you prioritize their activity? Yeah, I, what I, I always prioritize strength training if I can. And then I interspace that with some cardio. Uh, I, I'm not a, I, I don't enjoy cardio, so I personally don't do it all that often, but I, mm-hmm. I still think it's good. And one of the reasons I think it's good is because, well, one, cardio has a lot of benefits for you, but also it gives that my clients something else to do other than going to the gym and lifting. Right. Sure. So it kind of breaks up the monotony a little bit. And I found that a lot of people, they like that, uh, that hybrid approach of, okay, they're going to do strength training. They're going to do some cardio and then go back to strength training. That way they're not doing the same thing over and over again, but it, they are, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way to them. Right. Cause they got, they're kind of weak, broken up. Um, whereas someone else, they, they, and it really depends on their goals, right? Like if they want to do, they want to become a bodybuilder, then, I'll put them in the gym five days a week, purely strength training, you know, a lot of calories and they're fine. Yep. But for most of my clients, though, it's always a hybrid approach of finding out what works best for them. And I found a hybrid approach of incorporating strength training and emphasizing that, but also incorporating cardio or other forms of, of cardiovascular activities to give them something else to do mm-hmm. throughout the week. So that way they're not just bored and, you know, hating, hating life every single day. Yeah. And that's a good point about using cardio as a form of enjoyment if you like it for right, variety. Exactly. Not because you have to, not because it's right. <laughs> it's a great way to you know burn fat or anything. Yep. And you said you don't enjoy it too much. I'm kind of in that club a little I bit. Know, so we, we have to get creative. It's okay though. What, what, we do. Uh, just on a tangent, what is yeah. uh, what are forms of cardio that you enjoy? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a little backstory of my cardio history. So okay. in the Marine, when I was, yeah, in the Marines, we, we ran a lot, right? And so we had our three mile run as our physical fitness test. And I hated it. I hated running, hated every second of it, hated, hated every step. Uh, but when I was preparing to go to officer candidate school, I was on a training program to improve my run time. And I ran six days a week. Now, do I run six days a week now? Absolutely not. I haven't ran since I left the Marines, right? Because I, I don't enjoy it. And that goes back to my point of 
yeah, I, you can suffer through something short term, but long term, there's no way I'm going to go back to running. Mm-hmm. But what I do now is I do a lot of uh, uh, stairmaster or okay. short uh, hit style workouts or uh, just walking on incline on the treadmill for a short amount of time. Just something, and, and it's more just to uh, kind of break up the monotony. So doing mm-hmm. something different, but also just kind of getting some cardio, extra cardio in. I'm not a huge proponent of doing a lot of cardio, but right. I still think it has its place in time. Yeah, I like that. Just making it fit. Um, I know people that go, they love to lift the big weights and I'm yep. like, okay, go push the prowler. Right. Um, yeah. Cause that's yeah, like, exactly. you know, big manly thing. You get to push this heavy yeah. sled, you know, you're like a football player. Guess what? You're getting cardio. So, <laughs> um, and you probably get a lot of cardio just doing heavy deadlifts. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can incorporate type, you know, car, some types yeah. of cardio while in your strength training as well. And that's, yeah. that's the beauty of it. So continuing on the theme of with a, a client who has a specific goal and, and you, you mentioned a bodybuilder, for example, do you encounter situations where they're maybe doing too much of something they shouldn't be doing and you have to have to coach them to back off on that? Yeah, I think, I think commonly and probably other trainers experience this as well as people doing too much cardio mm-hmm. and emphasizing that. And some part of that's just education, right? And I think, I think, I think the fitness industry were doing a really good job of that, of emphasizing strength training and coming around to emphasizing that over, you know, hours of cardio. And so when it comes to someone who has a very specific goal, um, it, it really depends on what the goal is and crafting your training program around that goal. But in the case of a bodybuilder, obviously you're going to have them lift you know, heavy in the, in, in the gym and lift weights because there's no other way around that. And I think that's a really key consideration is someone has a, a, a very specific goal and their training is going to be, have to have to be very specific to match that specific goal. And there's really no, there's no way around that. Right. If you want to run a marathon, well, what do you, what are you going to, what sort of training are you going to have to do? Right. You're going to have to go run a lot. If you want to be bodybuilder, you have to lift a lot. And so I think for anyone listening, if they do have a very specific goal and that, then that training is going to be very specific and they're, they're going to have to, kind of suck it up and go do it or just not do it at all. And is there a way to, <clears throat> is there a way to change it for the individual with things like your programming, your periodization, mesocycle? So we don't have to get too technical, but things like that. Yeah, there, there are ways to do that. And I think that if they have a specific goal, especially if they're want, wanting to do a competition and that, that periodiza- periodization is very key mm-hmm. and then crafting a really uh, solid training program around that goal and again, we keep talking about goals because that's that's extremely mm-hmm. crucial because your training has to to help with that goal in terms of what you want to accomplish. And you know, nutrition is a whole another another thing that, mm-hmm. that also has to be aligned with your goal. But it all, it all comes back to your goals and what you want to accomplish. And even for someone who just wants to lose weight or improve their health, that's still a goal, and your training has to match that goal. And it may not be, you know, extreme amounts of training, but there's still going to be something involved there. You need a good training program in order to accomplish any sort of goal. That's right. Good training program. So if they're reaching out to you, Paul, are you in person, online, both? What's your mode of operation here? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm online. Uh, yeah. I do occasionally in person here and there, but most of my clients are online around the, around the U.S., and how did how does someone um, get feedback from you on, for example, their form and technique, which is really important when you get started? Yes, yep, form and technique. So <laughs> that's a really good question, especially when you're uh, training online. So there's a couple uh, avenues, uh, tools that I use. One, 
I'll have them record themselves, uh, okay. especially if it's a technique that they haven't done before. So, for example, a uh, deadlift or, or squat, right, or even a bench too. I'll have them record themselves and send me the video. That way I can critique their, or critique their form. However, I always make sure to, if they're new to a lift, I always kind of progressively get there. So, for example, yeah. if someone's never, never uh, done a squat before, I don't automatically say, okay, here, go do five sets of 10 on the squat rack. Try to work their way up, even if I have to start at, okay, you're doing air squats mm-hmm. first, right? And then you're, then you maybe you'll pro- we'll progress up to even a Smith machine, and then we'll do just the bar, right? And so we'll kind of work, build our way up. To that, to that point, depending on where they're at. But I always start with where they're at first and then kind of build my way up from there on where they need to go. Yeah, it makes sense. And I imagine even once they get to the full movement, you know, it could take weeks or months for people to really Absolutely, nail yeah. down the form. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Um, I, I like to ask this question of all guests, but yep. is there a question you wish I had asked and what is your answer? Yeah, we talk about uh, someone hating their training or, or not liking their training. One thing that uh, people may be thinking about or wondering is, well, I've tried all these things, right? And I still, I haven't found anything that I liked. And I would say to them, I, I don't believe you, but let's say for argument's sake that they, they tried every single activity. I would say that they should start with walking. And I think, again, a lot of people, uh, underrate walking but walking is still a fantastic can be so fa- a fantastic activity to do uh you could throw on a podcast or music or even you know watch netflix and go for a walk but that's that's a really good starting point if there's nothing else out there that you feel like you enjoy and you could even progressively overload on walking to an extent mm-hmm. right you can challenge yourself to go farther you can go faster uh you can hop on a treadmill and just up the incline and start doing treadmill walking. And so I, I, I would just say if, if there's nothing out there at all that, and they've tried everything else, just go for a walk, right. And start going for walks, you know, 30 minutes, maybe three times a week and four times a week and build on from there. But at the end of the day, you want to be active, right? Our bodies are made to be active and it's important to be active uh, for a numerous amount of re- numerous amounts of reasons, but it's just finding out again, what activity is something that you can enjoy for a long period of time. And if once you find that activity, it's life changing, right? And then you'll be doing that activity for the rest of your life, ideally. So there's something for everyone when it comes to movement. I think there's something for everyone. I think there's something for everyone. Yes. He's got to figure out what that is. And the talk of you being in the military and walking makes me want to grab my rucksack because there's another Uh, way to load your walking. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. You could grab a backpack, throw some weight in there and then take off, right? And hiking is, and that, you know, hiking is a great activity as well. If True. you want to go for hikes, and make, you can make that challenging. You can make any activity challenging enough, but it, you know, it's just finding out what works best for you. For me, it's strength training, right? I, I fell in love with it on day one, and I see myself doing that, doing strength training in some capacity for the rest of my life. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad I found my my activity or my thing that I like to do. And and then again, once you find that activity, it's life changing, right? It will change your life once you find that activity that you enjoy and you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's about consistency. And guys who are listening, ladies, if you want a great trainer, Paul's your man. And I'm just going to ask you, Paul, where can listeners find out more about you and your work? Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, so uh, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Paul Fit Prime. Uh, again, that's at Paul Fit Prime. Uh, also check out my podcast, the Healthy Fit Life podcast. Uh, it's on 
any podcast platform uh, you can think of. So, um, and again, I want to thank you again for having me on, on your show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Likewise. And I'm going to add all that info to the show notes, of course, so people can find you. It was fun talking about kind of a different angle with when it comes to mindset, the emotions, goals, individuality with training. I think a lot of people listening, you know, wonder where to start and where to go and how to make right. this fun and not make it right. a chore. Right. And you just gave them a bunch of great answers. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was a great conversation. Thanks for listening to the show. Before you go, I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoy the podcast, let me know by leaving a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and telling others about the show. Thanks again for joining me, Philip Pape, in this episode of Wits and Weights. I'll see you next time and stay strong. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best. And these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.